Welcome to the Weekly Standard Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Graham. Whenever there's big breaking news in Cheesehead territory, we go straight to the official Cheesehead of the Weekly Standard, Steve Hayes, who's actually on the road. Uh, the big news in your uh, home state of Wisconsin, Steve, Governor Walker comes out big for Ted Cruz. Yeah, and it is big news. Uh, if you look at the favorable ratings that Governor Walker has still among the state's uh, Republican primary voters, I think he will you know, hold some sway there, even though endorsements typically don't matter that much. I think the fact that Governor Walker is endorsed, the fact that you have um, Wisconsin Talk Radio, which is always influential, particularly Charlie Sykes um, backing Cruz, I think there is a, a certain amount of momentum behind Cruz right now that, that makes me think he's more likely to win Wisconsin than not. Well, that would be uh, pretty astonishing given the model, number one, Donald Trump, ha- you know, having had a lead for most of the campaign in most uh, states. Then also you look at a state like Wisconsin, which, you know, has a lot of blue collar white working people in it, which would seem to be Trump territory. Uh, is there something different about Wisconsin when it comes to Trump's candidacy? Well, you know, there, there's, there's been a lot of talk, uh, and I think understandably and justifiably, of, you know, the voice that Trump has given disaffected, downscale white voters. Um, And and that's no doubt true. But I would say there is, you know, another underrepresented group, and that is movement conservatives, uh, constitutional conservatives, people who have been loyal Republicans are conservative movements. They're not establishment Republicans, but they're not Trump Republicans. And in the counties around Milwaukee, uh, there are tens of thousands of those kinds of voters. And it's you've seen it reflected in some of the polling that we've seen uh, in the Milwaukee suburbs where Trump's uh, unfavorable rating is, I think it was 25 uh, favorable, 74 unfavorable. Oof. These are people who are, who are movement conservatives, they're principled conservatives, and they're not likely to buy uh, whatever it is that Donald Trump is selling. I had a conversation with Charlie Sykes, the talk show host that you mentioned uh, a little while ago, just a few hours ago, in fact. He said that you can't dismiss the fact that Wisconsinites, Wisconsinians, whatever you guys are, are nice. Yeah, you guys are nice people. Look, I've always, having uh, done stand-up comedy there back in the day, I always called Wisconsin people drunks because every time I went, you guys had four or five lining kugels in front of you everywhere I went. But um, no, he said that was maybe just because they laughed at your jokes. (laughs) Step one, buy the alcohol. Step two, tell the jokes. But um, no, but seriously, he said it, it really matters that this notion of tone and temperament matters in a way that maybe it doesn't matter down south with more of a and me being a southerner i can say this kind of the yeehaw you know go get them doesn't matter as much in the northeast where people are used to kind of rudeness but midwestern nice he says is a real thing yeah and i think you can look at the results in in minnesota next door in iowa uh, touching wisconsin and and elsewhere and and say yeah, that's true of, of many parts of the upper Midwest. Of course, Illinois and uh, Michigan would maybe push in the other direction. But I think there's something to that. I think he's right about, about general, the, the tone of civility. I mean, people think back and think of uh, the protests surrounding Scott Walker's uh, Budget Reforms Act 10 and you know taking over the Capitol and everything. And, and I think while a certain amount of that is expected of Madison because it's more liberal than Berkeley, right. It's not expected of Wisconsin, and that kind of behavior, I think, as much as anything, I think people generally understood that these reforms that Scott Walker passed were likely to work and bought the sort of common-sense arguments he made. 
on on behalf of those reforms. But I also think there was a, a segment of the population that was just so turned off by what was happening in Madison and the incivility and the hostility and the you know shouting of epithets and uh, taking over the Capitol and the basically the kind of behavior we're seeing from Donald Trump and his campaign um, in many respects across the country and, and you know for the past several months and today. So it could, uh, if we get to Wisconsin and Ted Cruz wins, and it's interesting to note Scott Walker did not make an anti-Trump pitch. He made a strong pro-Cruz pitch that he's a exactly. constitutional. I thought that was very interesting too. Yeah, constitutional conservative. He's a you know you could argue reform. I mean, some people would say Ted Cruz's idea of reform starts with a mass match and a you know can of gasoline, but it is in fact confronting. A, you know, Washington, you know, business as usual. And then the third thing he said, he's in a position to win. So that's the only thing related to Trump. If Scott Walker puts a pro Cruz, in other words, I'm going to give you something to feel good about with Cruz. And he puts his organization behind an organization that's been tested, unlike maybe any other in the country, three elections in, in a span of four years. Do you think that's enough to overcome whatever passion gap there is in Wisconsin and actually deliver the state? And then what are the consequences, Steve, if Cruz leaves with a win? I, th- I think it is enough. Um, you know, the, the organizational uh, architecture, as you say, and, you know, just lending his voice to Cruz, giving sort Cruz sort of his backing in a positive way, I think matters. But, it's you know, it, it really also is... There is going to be, I mean, if you, if you look at national polling, if you look at the exit polls from other states, there is a huge chunk of the Republican primary electorate that is an anti-Trump vote. Now, many of those people may also be for whichever candidate they cast their votes for, but there is a huge anti-Trump vote. And I think the fact that you have Scott Walker and Charlie Sykes and um, you know, other prominent Republicans and conservatives in the state saying, look, we've got to stop this guy. You know, this is as much at this point about stopping Donald Trump as it is about helping Ted Cruz, even if Walker didn't make that argument as explicitly as he might have in, in the endorsement of Cruz. That argument is there. And I think Wisconsin voters, particularly uh, Republican primary voters, there's a certain level of sophistication where they, where they, where they say, we understand where this is going. Um, and it's why I think while Kasich might be in some ways uh, appealing or, or on the surface one might have more appeal than Cruz because he's a Midwestern governor. He's sort of a commonsensical guy. Um, I think Wisconsin voters understand that a vote for Kasich is, you know, it's not a vote for Trump, but it's not a vote to stop Trump either. One last question for you, since, Steve, we managed to convince you to set your Milwaukee's best and Bratwurst down for a minute and join us to talk Wisconsin politics. How will the arrest of the campaign manager for Donald Trump, Corey Lewandowski, for assaulting a reporter play, do you th- think, for Wisconsin Republican voters? And I want to emphasize, they don't know who Corey Lewandowski is. They wouldn't recognize that name, but they will recognize the headlines, Trump's campaign manager punches you know, or grabs or whatever a female reporter. Oh, but the Trump campaign is saying there, there wasn't any uh, arrest or wasn't any warrant for an arrest or anything. The police have already knocked down that spin from the Trump campaign. Um, look, I think it's it's bad. It's bad for Trump, as it ought to be. I mean, what Corey Lewandowski said initially was that he had never met Michelle Fields, the reporter from formerly of Breitbart, uh, and had never touched her. 
we know that that is an indisputable, incontrovertible lie. There's videotape, there's new videotape that shows him yanking her backwards, at least. She had initially said almost to the ground. Certainly shows him yanking her backwards, enough that the, the police, and remember Donald Trump has said he's the friendliest candidate to police ever, um, wanted to arrest him. Uh, that should be a big story. And the fact that the Trump campaign, back when it first happened, uh, lied about it, enabled to lie about it, tried to blame the victim, called her delusional, um, and then today still is suggesting that the incident basically never happened, I think is a, is a big deal. Uh, anybody who sees that videotape uh, has to acknowledge that something happened there. And whatever happened there wasn't what Corey Lewandowski denied the first time around. So, you know, I think Wisconsin voters, like many voters, want to think that their candidates aren't lying to them directly in a sort of unapologetic way. And if the Trump campaign keeps this up, uh, I think that's that'll have some effect in this now. You know, I think of the uh, U.S. Senator from the neighboring state of Minnesota who wrote a book, Lying Liar Who Lies. And uh, I, that seems to be appropriate for Team Trump. Steve Hayes, thanks so much. Gener- it might be a little generous to Team Trump at this point. <laughs> Steve Hayes, thanks so much for joining us and for not hitting anybody. We appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks, Michael. You've been listening to the Weekly Standard Podcast. Please be sure to check weeklystandard.com regularly for podcast updates. I'm your host, Michael Graham.